Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Middleville and Salisbury Center, United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. This morning's announcements, um, I'd like to say that we are having our men's breakfast at Salisbury Center, July 2nd at 8 o'clock. Salisbury Center, July 2nd, that's the first Saturday of the month, at 8 o'clock. Now, if you're out on vacation, July 4th weekend, I get all that, but I don't want to keep changing dates back and forth and confusing people. So we're just going to get in the habit of doing the breakfast the first Saturday of the month, and those that can make it, make it. It's not a it's not a roll call type thing. We would love to have you there. We had so much fun with the nine people last month. It was a good time. Today's memory verse comes from Micah six eight. Micah six eight. It reads, "He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God." Let us pray. Father God, thank you for bringing each of us safely to this place. We gladly surrender our lives to you in worship and praise. As we gather, we remember those who are with us today. For those who are sick, we ask for healing. And for those away from us, we ask for your blessing to be on them. We invite your Holy Spirit to move freely among us this morning. Come dwell in each of our hearts. Equip us. Challenge us. Comfort us and teach us. Inspire us as we learn more about your majestic ways. Father, as we meet now, may we behold your beauty and encounter your grace. Lord, today we recall your faithfulness. Thank you that you walk with us every day, that you are with us always. We proclaim that your promises are true and your goodness and love never fail. In this moment, we come to you and lay our lives before you. May we honor, worship, and adore you with every fiber of our being. Father God, we proclaim that you are the Holy One, the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Your beauty and majesty are beyond compare. On this day, we join with all those who worship and confess you as Lord, from generations past and present, and with all the angels that sing in heaven of your greatness and splendor. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Please join me in the call to worship. God finds delight in humanity and in each of us. Let us rejoice before the majesty of our Creator. God of grace and glory who made all things, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In Christ, we're called to endure and to hope. Let us give thanks for a faith that brings peace. God of grace and glory, Savior of your people, how precious to us is your gift of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is present to guide and direct us. Let us listen that we may hear and do what is true. God of grace and glory, ever present with us, how reassuring is the love with which you surround us. Let us praise the one who has dominion over all. How majestic is God's name in all the earth. We accept the grace and peace God offers. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from 
Hebrews 12, 1 through 12. Hebrews 12, 1 through 12. It reads this way. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight in the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary in your souls or lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you've forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as children. My child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, or lose heart when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. Endure trials for the sake of discipline. God is treating you as children. For what child is there? whom a parent does not discipline. If you do not have that discipline in which all children share, then you are illegitimate and not his children. Moreover, we had human parents to discipline us, and we respected them. Should we not be even more willing to be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good in order that we may share his holiness. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to joys and concerns this morning. And um, I'm telling you, I'm going to just start out by saying I am just so joyful with what the Spirit is doing in this community. I've had so many conversations this week since, since last Sunday's service. And honestly, I'm just, I'm just, (laughs) <laughs> amazed and perplexed. That's what we said last week. Amazed and perplexed. People are speaking about God. People are looking to God finally for answers. You know, people that have been in, in the dark um, or or maybe afraid to, to talk about religion in public. They see what's going on in the world. And I, I just feel a turning of hearts. I really do. I am I am just so grateful to the Lord. I'm so thankful to the Holy Spirit for what he's doing in people's lives. And I would ask as a concern that that all of us uh, continue to pray as one body, a body of believers, that, that the Holy Spirit will continue to do his mighty work in people's lives in these communities. You all know better than I what, what has gone on in these communities in the past and, and what's going on now. And uh, But I'm smart enough to know people are hurting. They're hurting right now. So uh, we we lift that up as a joy and concern. God is so good and so faithful. So please, prayer warriors, please pray every day for hearts to change, to soften, 
and to come to Christ. As I'm praying, of course, this morning, feel free to yell out names. Feel free to lift your voices to the Lord with joys and concerns. And as we always say, he already knows them. He just wants to hear you say them. He wants that relationship. So uh, please enjoy that freedom. Taste that freedom. They say we, we have freedom in Christ. Take that freedom and use it during your prayer time. Let us pray. Thank you, Father God, for the joy of today. It's still morning, and yet so many good things have come our way. The joy of shelter, the joy of clean water coming out of taps, the joy of food on the table. We thank you for friends who understand us and the joy of meeting new friends. We thank you that we're here in church, body, and spirit. Thank you for the joy of worshiping you today, our Creator. And in the midst of joys, and all honest, we admit we come with fears. So much in our lives is broken. We have so many concerns and cares. Sometimes we allow them to weigh us down. While we desire to cast our cares upon you, we find we usually pick them back up again. And of course, that only adds more anxiety and stress to our lives. Please help us learn to learn to cast our cares on you as we learn what it means to rest and trust in you. Some of us have fears about new beginnings, new schools, new relationships, or new jobs. There are fears about health, aches and pains that won't go away, symptoms that are unexplained, treatments that we hope will be effective. Some of us have financial fears. Will we find work or is our work secure? How, how will we pay these bills? Have we saved enough money for the future? And then sadly, there's the fear of loneliness that strikes all of us at some point. We fear that we won't find people to love or that maybe we'll lose the people we do love. God of hope, we thank you that you are with us in all our fears and that you bring joy even in the midst of them. Thank you for your faithfulness through time, for the ways you've been there for us in the past, and that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whew, Holy Spirit has me emotional this morning, brothers and sisters. The title to this morning's message is Press On and Strain Forward. Press On and strain forward. Last week, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday together, the beginning of Christ's church. It was a perfect ending to that series I started about listening for Jesus, looking for Jesus, and expecting Jesus. Jesus told the disciples to wait in that upper room and then to wait for the Holy Spirit. He told them to expect him. And of course, we witnessed the transformational power of the Spirit and the emergence of a new emboldened Simon Peter. Like the Jews listening to Peter's message, we were, and hopefully still are, amazed and perplexed at the gospel of Jesus Christ. We read the interaction in Acts 2, 37 through 40. Now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, 
for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Here we are again in our own corrupt generation, brothers and sisters. And then, of course, we see the result of Peter's message in verses 41 through 42. It reads, So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And I had said, they didn't just become hearers of the word, they became doers of the word. Receiving salvation through Christ is not the end of our journey, it's only the beginning. It's not a one-and-done transaction. Like the new converts in Acts, we have work to do. We have responsibilities and we have obligations. I just happened to stop by the support group at Salisbury Center Monday night. You know, I'm kidding. There are no coincidences. It wasn't a planned thing. Holy Spirit led me there. It was an informal visit. And we went in and we just kind of lightly chatted for about 20 minutes. But then the leader of the group, Adam, asked if he could read a devotion. The devotion was encouraging, reminding those with addictions to hold the course, to stay strong, and to be persistent in the basics that they'd been taught. So basically, the same thing the Bible tells Christians. We call them spiritual disciplines. Disciplines like daily prayer, daily devotions, daily Bible reading, and some include fasting as well. Much like the devotion that was read, the Bible warns us that we'll have ups and downs, we'll face obstacles, we'll face temptations and tribulations. But it also gives us the answer to all of that if we are persistent in our spiritual disciplines. If we're absent of prayer in the Word of God, Basically, we're left to three sources of input into our lives. Three inputs. Our own input, the world's input, and the enemy's input. We all know how that works out. Just look at the world today and the hatred and violence that we witness. It's a safe bet that that those people we read about or see on TV that are doing those terrible, terrible things are not persistent in their spiritual disciplines. Now, one of the obstacles, of course, is that we live in a culture that demands immediate results. We aren't much for patience in these times. I was talking about this with a fellow fighter, firefighter the other night, and I admitted that most of the times when I use the microwave, I actually shut it off before it reaches the end of the timer because I can't stand waiting. He laughed and raised his hand. He said, I do the same thing. We want things now. We want our addictions, our temptations, tribulations, our financial problems, our marital problems, you name it. Whatever problem we face, we want them solved immediately. But brothers and sisters, only one problem is solved immediately when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The problem of where we'll spend eternity. May I be bold enough to say that no other problem compares to that. We choose where we'll spend eternity, either with or without Christ. And after that decision is made, we have lives to live. 
Lives in a world that the enemy uses to literally bring us hell. And as I mentioned, after those mass shootings last week, unfortunately, Christians suffer the fallout of this evil world. Philippians 3, 18 through 20 reminds us, For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That support group leader, Adam, asked for a few words of wisdom before I left. Well, we all know I don't have any, so I gave him some right from the Bible. I reminded them that Paul told the Philippians to press toward the goal. In Philippians 3, 12 through 16, we read, Not that I have already obtained this, or have already reached the goal, but I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have laid hold of it. But one thing I have laid hold of, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Now, as a pastor, I see about seven different messages to be preached on just those short verses. But let's start with this today. Those words, forgetting what lies behind. Once we accept Christ and ask for forgiveness, he promises to forgive, forget them. Paul is reminding us here that we should forget them as well. We cannot allow ourselves, our community, our families, the enemy, or even other so-called Christians to remind us of our past. We are new creations in Christ, and if we gave the old life up, we are not to be judged by it. Of course, the key words here are, if we gave up that old life, of course. So Paul says, instead of focusing on that past, we're to focus on the future. We're to press on toward the goal, toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. And he uses that word strain in that same verse. He tells us to strain forward to what lies ahead. So I looked up the word strain. One definition said to use to the utmost, to exert vigorously or to full capacity. I didn't see anything easy associated with the word strain. See, straining takes effort, sometimes lots of effort. It's called work. So, straining forward to what lies ahead takes work. But thankfully, thankfully we're told how. We begin by bringing our troubles to the Lord. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we begin with prayer, of course. We should always begin with prayer. And we just read, we're to be bold in our request for grace when we need help. I love that. We're told to be bold. 
And then, of course, we're called to have faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith as being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We are called to be sure and certain. Our faith, sure and certain. How many times did Jesus tell people your faith has healed you? And then we, we build up our faith through those spiritual disciplines I mentioned earlier. We build up or increase our faith through prayer, reading the Bible, daily devotions, and fasting. First Chronicles 16.11 tells us to seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. That doesn't mean once a week on Sunday mornings, brothers and sisters. We are to seek the Lord and His strength. And we are to seek his presence continually. We do this through our spiritual disciplines. We can't simply come to church or say one prayer and expect an immediate result like a microwave. We need to be persistent. We need to be consistent in our disciplines. And listen, if we have a setback, we just get right back on our knees and we start over again. It's okay. We're flesh. Remember, nobody promised our lives in the flesh would become easier once we accepted Christ. But 1 Peter 5, 7 urges us to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Some versions have cast all your cares on him. So I ask this morning, what cares are causing you to suffer today, brothers and sisters? What's going on in your life that's stopping you from being the person Christ knows you can be? We know Jesus saves. So what can he save you from today? Is there a bottle or a pill that haunts you? Give it to the Lord and press on toward the goal of freedom. Are you struggling with family members that ignore, hurt, or even abuse you? Give it to the Lord and press on toward the goal of freedom. Our finances stretch so thin, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you're not sure how you'll feed your family. Give it to the Lord and press on toward the goal of freedom. Do inappropriate websites constantly call to you and you feel like a failure for giving in to them? Give it to the Lord and press on toward the goal of freedom. Are you experiencing medical issues and fearful of the test results or maybe the pending surgery that might be required? Give it to the Lord and press on toward the goal of freedom. Is the enemy making you question your salvation or you fear you haven't been forgiven by Christ for something you've done? Give it to the Lord and press on toward the goal of freedom. Paul knew well the struggle of being in chains and straining to what lied ahead. His faith and witness in prison had a profound impact on the world. We read of his results in Philippians 1, 12 through 14. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the progress of the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial, imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident, confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, 
dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Paul didn't ask to be in that position. He didn't ask to be imprisoned or to be in change, but he trusted God's plan. And so should we when, when we're facing those difficulties or trials. We are in a battle, brothers and sisters, a battle between good and evil, a battle between Satan and God himself. First Timothy 6.12 tells us to fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you were made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Well, fighters need to be disciplined. And if we're the fighters Paul is referring to, we need to discipline ourselves spiritually. And we've said it many times, we don't struggle against flesh and blood. Our battle is a spiritual battle, and we cannot win in the flesh. And to be honest, we can't even stand up in the flesh. We must, must increase our spiritual strength through our spiritual disciplines. Pray, read the Bible, read devotions, and fast. That's how we conquer the spiritual enemy. In Revelation 2.7, Jesus promises to everyone who conquers, I will give permission to eat from the tree of life that is in the paradise of God. Everyone, he said, to everyone who conquers. 1 Corinthians 9.24-25 through 25 challenges us. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. We have work to do, brothers and sisters. Let it begin today with our disciplines. Alexa, continue. Alexa, continue. His promises are true in his strength. There is 
That was the same power by Jeremy Camp. Let us pray. Gracious Father, please remind us lest we forget that your love is unconditional, always molding us into what we could be, always blessing us that we might glorify you. We thank you for your love, grace, and forgiveness. When our faith is weak, you strengthen us. When we lose our way, you rescue us. And we fall into sin, you forgive us. Father God, today we choose to clothe ourselves in you, to buckle your truth like a belt around our waists, to know we have your righteousness as a breastplate to protect us from harm, to walk with peace into all the places our feet tread, to hold tight to our shield of faith, defeating each arrow of accusation, to wear salvation like a helmet around our thoughts and to grasp hold of your words at work in us and to use them like a sword to cut through darkness and confusion. Today, we chose to clothe ourselves in you. We pray for the words that you've sown into our hearts this morning. Watch over them, protect them. May they take root and produce wonderful things for your glory. For yours is the kingdom 
the power, and the glory in this age and forevermore. Amen. We move to the offering, and again, I thank you all for the blessings. Uh, some of you have blessed me personally, and many of you have blessed a church uh, supporting their ministries, and I thank you for that. Let us pray. Father God, you've blessed us with such love and goodness. We wonder at the beauty of your creation. We thank you for the sustenance of food and drink, and we cherish the love of family and friends. Lord, we offer these gifts to you with thankful hearts and in joyous praise. As we give our money and resources, we surrender our whole beings to you in worship and adoration. Lord, may this offering extend the work of your kingdom in your church, your community, and into the beautiful world which you have made. In Christ's name, amen. Brothers and sisters, we are not alone in our journey. Not only are we sons and daughters of the Most High God, we're also heirs with Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit for eternity. As each of you faces the world this week, look to the one who not only created you, but loves you and promises to be with you always. And now receive the benediction. May the love of Christ, seen in what he did and heard in what he said, fill you with joy and hope. May the Holy Spirit advocate for you, leading into all truth, lighting the way of faith, and strengthening you to follow Jesus so that you will become strong and bear much fruit. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless you all.